0: Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the Lost and Found podcast with licensed therapist Dion Brown here to talk about a few things in reference to this holiday season 2020 has been a year full of a lot of difficulty for all of us. We came into this year not knowing that we were going to be experiencing a global world pandemic. Uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus. We didn't know that it would have major impacts on our lives, on our physical lives, our mental lives and our emotional space. This year, many of us have been dealing with this global world pandemic and its threat to our physical care and our physical safety, we've also been dealing with various levels of mental health related struggle and challenges and anxiety and depression and frustration and anger from all of the the restrictions and the changes that we've had to deal with as a result of this pandemic. Many of you listening as well have been dealing with stress and anxiety centered around um, the constant circus that has been occurring in our government in Washington. The uncertainty and the fluctuations and the changes there have proved to be very difficult for many people to deal with. Unfortunately, as well, we've been dealing with uh, another pandemic that has been An array of issues and problems this year as it pertains to racism and race based trauma. And lastly, of course, many of you have been dealing with your own pain, your own grief, your own loss because you have lost someone this year, or you've lost several people, several friends, or family members. You've lost maybe to the coronavirus maybe for some of you this is your first holiday season without that loved one by your side or across the table from you the pain and the agony of the loss from COVID-19 of a family member is heart-wrenching in addition many have been dealing with grief and loss from people passing that are close to them this year from other things outside of the coronavirus and as normal and systematic we also understand that many people have been dealing with uh, the pain and the agony as well this year in particular because maybe this this is a time of remembrance of your mother your father your cousin, your uncle, etc. Holidays sometimes for people just kind of bring that out. So today I want to share through this particular podcast some helpful things in dealing with grief and loss. That'll be the first part. And then we're going to go into talking about some things in reference to this holiday and how, to, how you can be helped to cope with, you know, stress and anxiety during this holiday season. Let me first say that my hearts and prayers are out to all of you that have uh, lost friends and family uh, this year, and that you are dealing with grief and loss. So let's start there. Let's talk about grief and loss. Grief and loss is a very real thing that can hit and affect our, our minds, our mental space, our EI, our intellectual intelligence our emotional well-being and how self-aware we are and um, as a result it can show up in our behaviors in our actions there is no one way to grieve everyone grieves differently there is no time frame assigned to grief it is uh, healthy and perfectly fine Um, for you to grieve in your own way and in your own time. And for you to walk through the stages of grief. Now, you may be saying to yourself as you're listening, what are the stages of grief? There's a number of different models as it pertains to grief, and grief and loss. And when we lose someone, lose someone, especially if that person is close to us, That is a that is a different type of loss that we experience. Some some of you listening um, lost people gradually. You saw that they were ill. You saw that they were sick. Um, You you saw that things were going down a negative spiral for them as far as their physical health. And you begin a process within yourself. You begin a journey within yourself to prepare your mind, your spirit and your emotions for the loss, even though it was challenging and painful for you, you begin, a, you begin a process and a journey to begin to prepare your heart and mind for the loss. Others listening to me, the loss happened suddenly, you didn't have any time to prepare. You weren't ready for it, you weren't prepared for it, and it just happened, and it just stung you mightily. I want you to understand as you're listening to me today that whether you had time to prepare for the loss or whether the loss happened suddenly, um, that there are steps and stages that people generally go through when they're dealing with grief and loss. When they're dealing with grief and loss, um, one of the more popular models for the stages of grief has to do with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's five stages of grief. So according to this model, there are five uh, practical stages of grief that people do go through. There is no set order, even though I will be going in an order. There is no set order per se that people go through as well as individuals can have several of these stages occurring at the same time. So Elizabeth Kubler Ross's five stages of grief. You find yourself going through these stages, going through these grief periods and cycles, I want you to understand that you are perfectly fine. You are perfectly normal. It is perfectly human. And it is important that you allow yourself to grieve. Allow yourself the time and the space and even the people, meaning the support that you will need as you may be dealing with your pain, your grief, your suffering. And your loss so here are the five stages okay five stages of grief and loss one of the stages is called denial denial this is where an individual is having difficulty believing that they've lost the person this is where an individual is you know, struggling profusely because they've lost this individual and the pain of it is so great. They're in denial. Um, denial can be a defense mechanism to help shield them, to help guard them, to help protect them. And this is this can't be happening to me. This cannot be happening to me. Um, basically, denial functions to. Block out the truth To block out the truth Of what is happening So um, the person will say to themselves This can't be happening to me um, And that is a stage of grief Just not being at a place Willing to Accept and recognize What has happened That they have lost this person Common, like I said A common statement is This can't be happening Denial. Another stage of grief has to deal with anger. Anger. Anger is one of the six basic human emotions. It is an emotion that people, some people tap into more easier than other emotions. But when when a person has lost someone and they can't do anything about it and they feel helpless and, you know, maybe a bit hopeless, they can they can have anger. They can be hostility. They can be frustration. That anger can be directed a lot of places. That anger can be directed toward um, themselves. You know, internalize the anger. They can turn that anger inwardly toward themselves. Why is this happening to me? Why is this? Why is this happening to me? So they can become angry and uh, some will become anger angry at themselves other times people will become angry at friends or family members especially if they think maybe a friend or family member had something to do with them losing this individual they can also project anger Uh, we've seen it happen quite a bit in family systems They can project anger out as one of the stages of grief um, because they're they're frustrated and they're they're angry about the loss. But they can project it onto other friends or family members who they believe did not treat the deceased person well or did some things that they didn't uh, agree with in reference to the deceased person. Um, anger can also be directed toward god god why did you allow this person to die i've heard this a lot why did you allow them to die like that why did you allow this to happen to my friend or loved one you know they were this type of great person or great individual so the anger the anger can be uh multifaceted and it can it can really spill out and go a lot of a lot of different places so the another stage of the uh of the five stage model for elizabeth kubler ross another stage is bargaining bargaining this is where an individual um sometimes people get here in the process of people passing away in the case of a chronic illness or something terminal that the person is not going to recover from, um, the bargaining has to deal with you know I will do anything to change this, anything to change this. I will do anything to change this. You know, so usually in the context of bargaining, it may be related to um, I may do anything to to change this in reference to. Um, possibly, possibly uh, prayer or petitioning or, or trying to do whatever they can, um, usually in the context of keeping the person here or around, because um, they, you know, they experience a sense of finality after the person is gone. The next stage, depression. Depression. Here is where, as a result of the loss. Um, this and this happens quite frequently the person or the people experience the loss can get depressed and this is where um, an individual mood will drop down they may want to isolate and not be bothered with people they may not want to interact with anyone and be left alone they may have periods of crying and crying spells their sleep patterns may be disrupted. They may have problems with memory, focus, constant concentration. Their usual patterns and routines can be off, and they might appear withdrawn. So those are those are a lot of the, the characteristics of a person that may be in the stage of depression. And uh, undoubtedly, many of you have been uh, battling some depression this year some 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 long-standing sadness you know you're gonna you're gonna be sad at the loss of a loved one you're gonna be sad perhaps about the memories during the holidays time and many of you who are experiencing during this holiday season this is your first thanksgiving your first christmas your first new year celebration and it's a COVID, it's a COVID christmas and a COVID new year's this is your first time without that loved one so many of you are, are dealing with battling depression while at the same time um, some of the people listening may be dealing with um, seasonal depression as well because seasonal depression does tend to show up with the change of the season and with daylight savings time and that does affect some people depression in this stage says and you know, i'm so sad What's the point in going on after this loss? I'm so, I'm so sad, what's the point of going on after this loss? And the last stage, which we'll share with you of the five stages is acceptance. Acceptance, acceptance is usually a process. It's usually a journey and it typically doesn't happen right away but acceptance is the goal getting to a point of resolution and being resolute acceptance says acceptance says i know what happened and i can't change it acceptance says i listen acceptance says i know what happened and i can't change it And this is a process and a journey where people surrender control. They realize there's a loss of control. And maybe this is where the person surrenders um, control to their, you know, their higher power, their, their God, their spirituality. And to realize that this, this loss is something that they can't control acceptance is a place where a person says I can't I can't control or change what happened but I can I can um, determine how I cope so yes you can in acceptance in the stage of acceptance you can determine how you cope you can determine how you cope so quick review the five stages of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross is her name, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. The five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So this is a normal process that, that people go through when they're dealing with various levels of grief. Now, you may be saying, I understand the steps and the stages of grief. And how that all works but i'm mourning i am mourning what are some practical tasks that i can engage in what are some practical tasks that i can engage in as i'm mourning after someone passes after the death of a loved one survivors like yourself are left to face with the pain of the grief in a new world without their loved one go through mourning go through the process of mourning but mourning is a, it's, a, it's a process you know, trying to adapt to the loss in various ways. Now keep in mind adapting to the loss doesn't mean forgetting at all. You loved him, you loved her. It doesn't mean forgetting. It means finding a way to cherish the memories of a loved one while listen, continuing, to move forward in life because you have to move on or move forward you never forget them and you don't want to forget them you want to cherish you want to work toward cherishing their memory as well as moving forward in your life um, it means adjusting to a world without them here while holding a place for them in your heart, and that can be difficult. I know it's not a simple task. I know it um, sounds easier than it than it may be, but that's that's part of the process of mourning. I want to share with you four tasks, four practical tasks to help you with the with the process of mourning that I believe will be helpful for you for those that are dealing with grief and loss. Okay, so task number one, accept. The reality of the loss accept the reality of the loss after the death of a loved one it's normal that the reality of what happened that the reality of the situation is minimized or denied so to accept the reality the reality of the loss must be It must be fully accepted both intellectually and emotionally. That means task number one accepting the reality of the loss that cognitively in your thoughts. In your mind, in your intellect, you have to accept the reality of the loss and you have to accept the reality of the loss in your emotions, in your heart. Because it's a very real thing. You can't detach from reality. You can't live in denial. You can't pretend like it didn't happen because it did. It's challenging. It's hurtful. It's painful. But accepting the reality of the loss as task number 1 will help you uh, intellectually and emotionally task number 2 process the pain process the pain of the grief yes when you lose someone and the closer they closer they are to you the possibly the more intense intensified that pain can be but process process the pain of your grief grief definitely involves some painful emotions like sadness anger guilt and it can be it can be very tempting to to try to avoid those feelings and try to bury them rather than face them but but it's healthy and important for you to process mentally and emotionally process the pain of the grief working through grief what does that look like work work through it it's important work through it means confronting it naming it and making sense of all those emotions so you have to process the pain of the grief don't try to bury it don't try to tuck it on under a uh hut uh compartmentalizing it is okay for the the, the short term for the moment if you're overloaded and overwhelmed and you have something to do or a task or somewhere to go but um it's more important as task number two for you to process process the pain you grief. and I, I love that wording because that's what it will be it will be a process it will be a journey it won't be a quick fix process the pain of your grief that's task number two all right face it confront it name it make sense of it don't bury it task number three task number three very challenging very difficult here adjust to a world without the deceased adjust to a, a world without the deceased the death of a loved one will usually bring about a number, a plethora of life-related changes. This can range can range depending upon your situation, your life condition before they pass. It can range from minor changes in daily routines to the adopting of a whole new schedule, whole new focus, whole new arrangement, whole new worldview. and navigating these changes and adjusting to the world without the loved one adjusting what does that look like well there's internal adjusting or internal adjustments and these may be changes these may be changes to a person's identity So internally, you might deal with the struggle inside yourself. Like, who am I now? I was this individual with my loved one who I lost. But who am I now? What what is my focus? What is my identity? Um, How has this impacted my self-esteem, my self-worth? my self-confidence so internal adjustments is is important to dealing with adjusting to a world without the deceased. and then there's external adjustments external adjustments may include things like taking on new roles and developing some new skills survivors like you may have to take on tasks that were previously handled by the loved one who passed who is deceased who is no longer here you might you might now be dealing with an external adjustment where you have to do some of the things that he or she did for the kids or for the family or for the household so you have you go through you're going through it adjustment internally right inside yourself who you know who you are your identity um your feelings what this all means for you now what this all says about you now so there's internal adjustments and there's external you may be saying I now have to step up and do this I now have to step up and do this particular task and accomplish this particular thing that's needed for the house or play this particular role in my kids life or I now have to go to soccer practice on Wednesday or, you know, I now have to be responsible for this um, thing around the house the first of the month adjustments. So give yourself some grace as you're trying to adjust because when you're dealing with the death of uh, loss of a loved one, there's a void. There's an there's an emptiness. There's a hole there. There's a space there That they used to feel In a physical sense And maybe Maybe even a space They used to feel With some of the things That they did Then there are Spiritual adjustments When you're talking about Adjusting to a world Without the deceased Spiritual adjustments Are changes In beliefs Values And assumptions About the world Changes in beliefs Values and assumptions about the world example if a person believes that the world is fair that might change realistically after a loss the person surviving might decide to reaffirm modify or even replace their previous worldview so sometimes when we experience the, the, the loss of a person and, and certainly when we don't understand it and we can't make sense of it and it, does, it just doesn't feel well and feel right for us. Sometimes we can go through changes to our values, to our belief systems, to how we see the world and how we think about life. So that you know, so part of the mourning process is there can be a lot of adjustments going on, a lot of adjustments happening at the same time. And lastly task number four as far as these tasks find a way find a way you may take some creativity and some thinking but find a way that works for you find a way to remember the deceased while moving forward in life find a way to remember the deceased while moving forward in life now Again, I'm going to reiterate, moving on doesn't mean forgetting. It means finding a place for the deceased in one's thoughts. A place that is important but still leaves room for others. Completing this task means finding a healthy balance between cherishing their memory and moving forward in life. So, uh, find a way to remember the deceased while moving forward in life. Again, moving on doesn't mean forgetting. You know, you can do something to, to honor them, to remember them, to celebrate them, to cherish them. But you also wanna have a balance that you can move forward and you, you don't stay stuck. So these four tasks of mourning, again, I repeat, are task number one, accept the reality of the loss, Task number two, process the pain of the grief. Task number three, adjust to the world without the deceased. And task number four, find a way to remember the deceased while moving forward in life. Now, related and connected to grief and loss and going through the process of grief and loss and mourning is the challenges that many people are also dealing with a lot of challenges during this holiday season. Some of you listening are dealing with holiday holiday blues, holiday stress, holiday anxiety. The holiday season can be a difficult time of year for many people for many reasons, right? Many of you can identify including the struggle and the challenge as far as being distant from your loved ones like we mentioned earlier coping coping with coping with grief and loss stresses related to COVID-19 and yeah just the holidays feeling quite different this year holidays feeling different and dealing with your own dealing with your own mental health and wellness a lot of people are dealing with um, challenging times during the holidays so I want to share some tips in a moment for coping with holiday stress and anxiety. But before we do that, before we do that, just preliminarily, I want to say concerning the holidays two two principles, two principles that will be very beneficial and very helpful and healthy is to. If you can mentally ad- adapt these principles in your mind during the holidays, this holiday, I, I believe will be very helpful for you in a smooth way. So the the first principle I want to give you of the two is to set realistic expectations, set realistic expectations. This holiday season, this Christmas it's a COVID Christmas, it's a COVID New Year's. It's different. None of us have experienced this before. We are all in this together. We are dealing with this concurrently at the same time. So set realistic expectations. This will not be a Christmas like before. Um, we will not, we as a uniformed body of people, we will not be able to celebrate Christmas in the manner and fashion that we usually do. We will not necessarily be able to simply travel via plane, train, or automobile to our families' houses and gather in massive amounts we will not necessarily be able to uh, spend the, the level of interaction and quality time while we are in this globe, global pandemic. Um, so set realistic expectations as you go into this this Christmas as well as this new year. It will be different. And the benefit of setting realistic expectations is that it'll help you not be. Uh, disappointed and downtrodden and frustrated etc so set realistic expectations and adjust your mind adjust your mind adjust your mind adjust your mind this is a i'm gonna say this again this is a covid christmas okay this is a covid christmas this is a christmas in the midst of a global pandemic this is a new year's eve you know set realistic expectations Um, you will not be able to bring in the new year and celebrate the new year as you have been able to do in times past and understanding that that is okay realistic expectation says as long as I'm here and healthy I can deal with that I can cope with that so set realistic expectations number one principle second principle Set realistic goals Set realistic goals What does that mean? Um, Because this is a COVID Christmas And many people all over the nation are uh, Unemployed and furloughed And jobs are closing And uh, all sorts of establishments are closing And people don't know about their Their financial lives Set realistic goals for the holiday Do what you can for, for people in whatever way you can do for them. You can give gifts. It doesn't have to be the, only the capitalist um, financial monetary gifts. You can give people gifts of time, time, gifts of service, gifts of love, gifts of labor. You can create things for people. So set realistic goals around this COVID Christmas, even when it becomes to your finances, your money and what you're able to do to other people now lastly for those of you that are dealing with any type of holiday stress and anxiety and pressure like many of us are here are 10 tips 10 tips for coping with holiday stress and anxiety 10 tips for coping on 10 tips on the on the lost and found podcast number one try to get enough sleep exercise sleep behavioral hygiene is very important sleep affects and impacts your mood your energy your appetite etc so try to get some sleep try to get good quality sleep and good number of hours of sleep and um, engage in some sort of fitness routine whether you're like me and in the gym a few days a week if you feel comfortable and safe to do that or if you're doing some sort of workout at home you've you have some equipment some things in your house or virtually try to get enough sleep and exercise because that will that will help your mood during this holiday time if you have any if you happen to have any holiday blues number two avoid overspending avoid overspending create a budget create a budget this is my this is my christmas budget This is what I'm going to operate out of when I go shopping for people, and I'm going to stay within the context of my budget because that will help decrease a good amount of my stress and anxiety um, post-Christmas if I don't stay in, in the context of my budget. Number three, don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Say no. Say no. Saying no sets limits, sets boundaries, you know. Saying no establishes the parameters. Saying no says, this is what I can do, this is what I can't do, this is what I'm available to do. So it's perfectly fine to say no. You can say no to people, to their requests, to their demands during this holiday season. You can say no and feel perfectly safe and comfortable without being manipulated by others. Number four. If you choose to drink alcohol, limit, limit alcohol consumption and avoid getting drunk. Limit alcohol consumption and avoid getting drunk. We do realize that there's a lot of pain that people are dealing with. And sometimes one of the ways that people try to cope is with drinking or with alcohol. Um, And while we do function as a society... With social drinking, um, consuming large amounts of alcohol can can be problematic, can be addictive, and then you have a a, a problem on top of a problem, and as well as you want to be in your own senses and you know inhibitions and stuff for you know for the holiday. So number five, don't focus. On the perfect holiday, so that comes down to expectations again. There, you know, we're in a COVID Christmas. I'm gonna say that again, and we're in a COVID New Year. So there will be nothing like a perfect holiday. Um, that taps into the locus of control. That's just some things that you can control and some things you can't. You can try to make the holiday what you would. Hear this what you would like it to be it doesn't mean it will fully but you can you know there's factors you can control the factors you can number six coping with holiday stress and anxiety make a to-do list make a to-do list write it out daily weekly even if it has to do with shopping gifts or tasks around the house chores things you need to get done I'm going to do this myself. Things you need to get done during the holiday season while you're you're off or you have some downtime. Make a to-do list. Don't try to keep all that in your head. It'll be overloading and overwhelming. Okay? Make a to-do list. Number 7. Find ways to relax. Relaxation, leisure, enjoyment. Sort out for you what is good for you for for relaxation everyone is different concerning relaxation i understand that there is still some levels of restrictions that are going on but find find ways you know maybe find ways in your house in your environment with your own family or, or by yourself to relax all right relax there's been a lot of tension and pressure this year, but relax. There's been anxiety and worry and nervousness, but relax. When you have some downtime, don't try to be productive. You don't have to be productive 24 hours a day. Relaxation is healthy work-life balance. Rel- i gonna say that again. Relaxation is healthy work-life balance. So when you have some downtime, Relax. Find ways to relax. Number eight. Don't isolate yourself. Don't isolate yourself. What do you mean by isolation? Isolation is something that people engage in where they uh, withdraw themselves from other people. Isolation is something that people engage in as they withdraw themselves from other people. When people isolate, it's usually in the context of a lower mood, they're down, they're depressed and they isolate and then they get more depressed and more down. So I know you're dealing with a lot, you're dealing with a lot of frustration, a lot of pain, a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties, but try not to to isolate, stay, stay connected with people, you know, stay in connection in fellowship in a safe way. Um, However you can Even if that's virtually Don't isolate yourself Number nine Which is a difference here It may sound like it's a contradiction But it's not Number nine says Have some alone time (laughs) Have some alone time So it's perfectly It's perfectly healthy and fine For you to Have some alone time Where you're just with yourself It's just you you're comfortable, be comfortable being with you. be comfortable spending time with yourself. Be comfortable spending time with some of your own thoughts, healthy thoughts in a healthy way. Now be comfortable just having some some me time, some some self self-care time, some self-awareness time. All right. And lastly, number 10, perform an act of kindness, perform an act of kindness. If we ever needed more love and more kindness and more caring in this world, it is it is now we have dealt with a lot of division and decisiveness this year. But now is the time for us to unify. Now is the time for healing. Now is the time for healing. So perform an act of kindness, even if it's a stranger, you don't know them. Pay for someone's gas, pay for their um, groceries, give someone um, a meal, hold the door open for um, a stranger, help somebody that's carrying baggage or luggage, you know, give somebody directions who's lost, perform an act of kindness kindness is contagious perform an act of kindness all right so those are the 10 tips for coping with holiday stress and anxiety so during this podcast we have talked about grief and loss and we talked about um, the stages of grief and loss as well as four tasks for mourning As well as looked at some of the Holiday challenges and changing Our expectations and our goals And some tips 10 tips for coping with holiday stress And anxiety I hope and pray that you have been Helped and blessed by this sharing Of this Podcast On the Lost and Found Podcast This is The Lost and Found Podcast With Dion Brown Licensed therapist in the dmv aka the self-care guy i am glad that you tuned in and here's peace blessings and prosperity and warmth for a wonderful holiday season and a happy new year subscribe like share mention this podcast the lost and found podcast on spotify as well as this segment, special segment on grief and loss and the holiday season. Take care.